Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name is Aaron and I'm a Cascadian and some bonus content for you because uh, in 2020, uh, yeah, things just really aren't that normal. So with the worldwide COVID-19 situation, I found myself at home and kind of wanted to do a fun little project in checking in with uh, some friends of the podcast and maybe even introducing some new people. So I started the virtual beer show where I brought guests on on a live uh, internet stream and uh, allowed the audience to ask some questions and whatnot and just do uh, an interview that I would normally do in person at a brewery. And so I thought I'd release this as some bonus content too, if uh, you've missed out uh, on those live streams. So for this first episode, I have another beer co from New West and Whistlepunk in Spokane. So with that, let's jump into this interview. I will say the audio quality is not up to my normal standard because usually I go physically to the brewery and uh, do my interviews there with my own gear. So that's why it sounds so good. Uh, So I will apologize for that. But this is COVID-19 lockdown stream. So uh, enjoy this bonus episode of the podcast. You are the uh, co-owner of uh, another beer co, right? In uh, New West? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we uh, opened up um, last year in May. Been a kind of a wild ride uh, this first year. Had a great summer through a couple killer parties, uh, a big beer fest. Uh, had like eight of the breweries out. And then we did a big Oktoberfest and cruised through the winter, kind of figured out a little bit of this industry uh, from a total kind of... Um, owning a brewery kind of uh, lens. And then of course we are getting prepped for summer and boom, we're in this kind of uh, crazy, crazy time. Yes. So yeah. So who knows? I don't know if it's a, it's an interesting first year. Yeah. And then uh, Matthew, tell us about uh, your brewery out in Spokane. Yeah. So we're with uh whistle punk brewing. Uh, we've been in business about four years now. We've had our tap room up and running for three next week, I guess. And, uh, so we're going to throw a killer third anniversary party next week. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then it's, it's my dad and I are owners um, and we do a lot of lager beer and a lot of, a lot of small batch beers. So we brewed over a hundred different beers last year. So it's kind of a constant rotating tap list. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I need to point out you guys are brothers. So we yeah. are, yeah, yeah, not, not just not yeah. just beer brothers, but actual <laughs> actual brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of crazy. So then, yeah. uh, my favorite question to start with is, uh, how did beer find you, Cleet? Let's. Uh, well, actually, who who was the first to find beer out of the two of you? It was definitely so I'm Matt. Two and a so half years older. Yeah, right. My dad, uh, or our dad, I guess, uh, was a home brewer in the early '80s, and so we kind of grew up with carboys in the house and things like that, and doing the Oregon coast every year and going to Pelican brewing rogue brewing, things like that. And so I have a lot of memories at rogue brewery and, uh, like just dead guy ale being around and we would drink Henry Weinhardt's root beer and my dad would have rogue dead guys. And so, uh, it's fond memory of mine. And so the day I turned 21, I went and bought a six pack of rogue and uh, a homebrew kit and started brewing. All right. And that was actually the, yeah. So kind of spiraled from there. And then uh, was it that homebrew that you were enjoying, Cleet, that got you into beer or uh, 
Let's do something else. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely just seeing, uh, my dad was just, we bought him a homebrew kit around the same time Matt got his. And then my dad was kind of like stoked on it and just kind of reliving those glory days a little bit. And we said, well, why don't we hook you up with one? So we gave him that for a father's day gift. And then, uh, just watching these two brew and, and just, yeah, tasting some stuff, but more so just seeing kind of the, uh, just kind of seeing the industry a little bit from just a homebrew angle and then uh and then just kind of you know the moment i turned 21 of course just i was like the beer guy um there's always <laughs> one right in a friend group and so in my group in canada uh i went up here went up to simon fraser university for schooling and um and then uh just, like i said i was the beer guy and i was the home brewer of our group and and then all of a sudden my family was opening a brewery and the plan was actually that i was gonna uh, me and Matt, you know, we have notebooks, uh, dating back to like, you know, 2010 about, you know, scheming up this, this thing. And so I was going to move back and, uh, be a part of, uh, that brewery. And initially the initial concept, it was called Hanson brothers brewing. And it was going to be me, Matt, uh, and, uh, <laughs> which you're wearing yeah. a shirt of, by the way. And yeah. So throwback shirt in the closet for today. Definitely. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I just ended up staying at my wife. And so, uh, I thought that dream was going to die for me and, uh, Vancouver, you know, can be tricky and expensive. Uh, but, uh, but just kind of pen down my goals and just stayed at it and had a vision and met a good business partner. And, uh, Alex just loves beer as well. And off we go. So, all right, cool. And so were your breweries opening around the same time or was there a slight gap there? Slight gap. Yeah. That's was. Uh, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were we were a couple years ahead. We had kind of got the ball rolling and started buying equipment here and there, used equipment, and uh, started trying to make it a reality. You know, and it it took a long time, but it, we eventually got everything pieced together and kind of boneyarded a, a home, you know, like a, a brew system that we still use to this day. So, all right, cool. And what's the size of your brewery, Matt? So we are we're very small. We're a basically a three barrel brewery. We brew at a pretty furious pace and uh, a lot of them are double batches, obviously. And every, you know, a hundred percent of the products sold out of the tap room. So. Right. Cool. And then uh Cleet, like what's, what's the size of your brewery? Yeah. So behind me, you can kind of see there. So uh, we have a, a 10 barrel uh, brewery. Uh, so 12 heck um, our brew house uh, was actually purchased from Moody Ales. And so that's kind of uh, where we picked up that equipment. Um, just worked with Dan and Adam and, and uh, got to brew with them over the summer and kind of learn on that equipment. But we bought, um, kind of keeping with the spirit of what me and Matt had envisioned, uh, we go 10 barrels into 10 barrels and you'll see we have one 20-barrel tank. And so um, everything is trying to push as much as we can out of the tasting room. And then, uh, and then we kind of do a limited run of cans and a limited run going out to bars, uh, but not uh, very big in either of those segments. So. But that's obviously changed in recent weeks too, right? Are you doing yeah, more packaging dramatically. now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah canning run, uh, not not today, uh, next Monday. And uh, and it's everything is going to go in cans. We've never thought we'd ever, that was, yeah, I never thought I'd do that ever. Yeah, but and, uh, we have, who are you uh, canning with? Uh, we're going to be canning with uh, Vessel right now, but we're so blessed up in this area. We got two great companies uh, with Vessel and Mile 37 and Rory and those guys. Uh, both both groups do a great job. So just usually who can provide dates and whatnot. So yeah, and, yeah. and that's kind of tough now because everybody needs to can, right? So exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And so uh, how, how's this whole event affected you, uh, Matt? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy because we did, you know, uh, Crowler sales at the tap room and it was, it was maybe 15% of our business was beer to go out of the tap room. But, but we had uh, that we actually got from Cleet a 16 ounce seamer that we had just never put into use. So we've been running that thing like crazy, selling tons of cans. We had a, a good buddy get us some labels, rush us some designs and, and, uh, overnighted some labels in. So yeah. And then we were lucky enough to get on the, uh, we were early with the pallet ordering of cans and crawlers. So we didn't hit the big backup, but the people ordering like one day behind us were experiencing lots of delays when the cans shortage. So, so we got a ton of cans and we've been blessed. People are coming through and we've been pushing a lot of them. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh, allowed and, me to keep brewing. And like w- with that though, I've seen some breweries in uh, Seattle, in particular, uh, doing like growler exchanges. Are any of you thinking about doing that anytime soon? I mean, I know it's a little tricky. Um, yeah, but, like I've seen some breweries in Seattle, like bringing the growlers in, putting them through the proper dishwasher and sanitation solution and stuff. But basically, you don't get your growler back; you're just donating it into the system. So correct. Yeah, yeah. I we mean, just we haven't had to do it. We said right away we weren't going to be filling personal growlers. We had a few left uh, that we never planned on reordering growlers, so we sold the rest of those and trying to just do the can format right now works a little better for us. But, yeah, we have a couple breweries doing the same thing where you can bring them into the system. They'll properly sanitize them, wash them, so everything is is safe and something you can feel good about serving. Yeah, we um... – I mean, personally, we've been kind of uh, standoffish with growlers um, from the beginning as a brewery, uh, trying to push cans. Um, It's never been a segment we've tried to push. We've never actually even made a growler uh, with our own um, brewery name on it. Um, But in these during these times, it's definitely something that we're going to be looking at. And I know like this week coming up, uh, I'm sure we'll discuss it uh, between me and Alex and our kind of our team meeting and other relevant uh, brewing staff and production staff. So, so we'll just kind of look at that, but of course you got to add that piece of equipment and what does that look like? And, uh, can you guarantee that you're going to do this, uh, correctly? Cause the last thing you want is I know with this cam product, we got the system down, we can keep everybody safe in terms of our end. Um, and so, um, yeah, just, uh, you just want to make sure you're doing your due diligence on it, especially during these times. So, yeah. And so have you, like in terms of like your production and, and output, um, are you going to be in a situation where, you know, we might see a, a logger that you can sit for a really long time, you know, depending on how, how long this goes on for, do you, do you have any plans of any creative beers to be doing at this time at all? Any, any of you? Well, Matt was just talking about, I'll have him elaborate further, but before we got on air right now, uh, Matt was just talking about all the loggers that he's kind of been, yeah. Uh, to kind of put away for a moment while he keeps up with some other stock, but you can elaborate on that, Matt. Yeah. So we, we brew a lot of lagers in general. We have about 50% of our tap list is, uh, lagers. And so we, we always kind of have a lot, but it's even ramped up more. We're brewing it, you know, it's like what sells right now, our Czech Pilsner is selling really well and then hazy IPAs and, uh, fruited kettle sours. So I've been continuing to brew hazy IPAs and, uh, sours, keeping those going, but everything else has been lager. So just last week I brewed a Hellas Bach, a Hellas and a, like an export, you know, Dortmunder export lager. So basically three versions of a very similar beer, but it's nice, you know, we can treat those properly and lager them for, 
you know, the proper amount of time. And so when we do get to open back up, they'll be sparkling and perfect, hopefully. Well, I have a question here online. I can only assume the the meaning behind this. They're like, when are we going to see the ultimate collaboration? And I'm assuming that just means between the two of you actually doing a collab here. So um, it was it was April it was April twenty. No, I mean sorry, it was uh, March twenty sixth was supposed to be the date. Right. Yep. Yeah. Literally, we have it all lined up. Uh, we're we discussed doing like a Zoom collaboration. <laughs> And then having me like hold up the camera as we dump in hops together or something like that. <laughs> um, or, uh, but, you, know, uh, you know, those uh, uh, robotic segues with the iPads on them, like maybe you get exactly. one of those and you just drive a bucket around. <laughs> and <we> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely planned and we're really excited about the concept, uh, that we have mapped out and the people that did the person, I should say, uh, Joshua Rhodes, uh, really good friend of ours who did Matt's labels. Uh, we got him lined up. So it's like this family, good friend kind of collaboration, the ultimate collaboration and, uh, um, international brothers and brew collaboration. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're going to decide to brew it sooner and literally follow up on that kind of digital idea just so we can release this beer and have something fun to talk about. And, and uh, during these interesting times, it's definitely designed for better, warmer weather. But uh, no, no <laughs> we'll secrets, no giveaways it. on what this beer is. So, um, well, I mean, there's not. Uh, it's not totally crazy around this world, but basically, we're looking at doing just a uh, just a totally uh, loaded. Um, it's going to be called Cruel Summer, and it's a uh, it's a kind of like mild uh, sour. Uh, hazy IPA with like a mix of just fruits and just a bunch of stuff going in. So you got a little bit of tartness going on, uh, then kind of big IPA notes from the hops along with blended in uh, multiple uh, fruits blended in. So it should be, should be fun. I mean, it just sounds great on a, on a warm weather day. So it's expensive and uh... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it looks like yeah, we're that... doing it here. Yeah. Well, well, given like the, um, given the real like conditions, if if you know the borders were open and we were able to travel, like what ingredients would you be bringing to each to each other? Would would there be any cross border ingredients that you'd you'd bring? Yeah. So part of uh, this whole collaboration thing was really like the thing we've been most excited about um, having separate breweries together for, and it's just taken a little longer, but um, than than we expected, but there's going to be plenty to come. And one of the things we were working on is we work pretty closely with a local maltster in Spokane that uh, does a really great job link malt. And so we wanted to be able to do a a beer that is link malt, uh, something from our neck of the woods and somebody we work with closely. And uh, so that was kind of part of it is we were going to use link malt. And then there's also issues, uh, what it looks like bringing raw grain over the border and things like that. So we're working with the correct people and and figuring that aspect out. But um, yeah, it's a beer that I think we both do a lot of different things like that. And so it's kind of a good meeting of minds. And we liked the idea of doing just like a, it's not, you know, not going to be a sour beer, but just like a slightly lower pH to just kind of bring those refreshing notes. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so uh, sorry if we touched on this in the beginning, I was sorting out the audio issues, but if we ask this question oh, again, I, I mean, what's, what's everybody drinking at the moment? Oh yeah. Um, if, uh, once again, I am having our, uh, Czech Pilsner, our Milos, um, and, uh, it's pulled off a side pull handle 
Um, Matt actually has a side pull handle as well. They're kind of a rarity still in our market, but, yeah. uh, um, but they lend themselves to just having a really nice uh, kind of creamy mouthfeel uh, to that check fail center. That's very authentic. So, um, so we're stoked to pick one up, but that was based off of Matt's nice having uh, your brother being a few years ahead uh, <laughs> mentally on this game. Uh, <laughs> Learn from his mistakes, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And all the, uh, strokes of genius too. So, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I got a, uh, Iinger Doppelbach, the celebrator, mm-hmm. one of my all time favorites. So, all right. Uh, I yeah. have, I, I'm, I'm sad. I don't have another beer co beer and I don't have a, an I'm American gonna... beer. I just, I just like drank all of it, <laughs> but, uh, from Rupert, uh, came down last week, the blacksmith brown ale, and I haven't had a brown ale yet oh, in nice. isolation and Ooh, I'm loving this brown ale. So, That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's kind of a hard question <laughs> because usually I go into like, what are your expansion plans at this point? But I mean, like we're all just yeah. kind of just holding suit. Uh, we really can't look into the future that much, but like, like you've talked about, like canning product is pretty much the only way to go. Now we talked to, you know, maybe, uh, growlers can be an option. Is, is there any plans to shift and like maybe dis- distribute, um, further than what your breweries are capable at the moment or, or, or with what you have in the tanks, do you think you're, you're good to just serve the local market very comfortably for a few months? I mean, I think uh, I'll just start off on this one. The uh, uh, the first thing that's been crazy for everybody, and you see it all online, any brewery out there right now, uh, especially in the Metro Vancouver market, is these online sales and how we've had to uh, just totally create, uh, you know, it's something that we've discussed yeah. as a brewery. We had plans of rolling it out in the spring, <laughs> um, but not in this fashion. And it's amazing to see the speed at which... Uh, all of us were like, oh, we got to change our whole model. Okay, ready, go. And like within like three days, everybody had online stores up and uh, delivery. And I think this is something that's just going to be here to stay. I mean, you look at all the food options, you look at these ghost restaurants that are opening up, you know. Brown, even the province changing uh, the rules where restaurants can now yeah. sell beer in those food apps. So Exactly. It's going to lend itself I think over the uh, long, long run uh, for us to keep more cans being produced because restaurants can hustle those cans. Yep. And normally you'd think of a restaurant just as a, you know, kind of a keg sale. Yep. And now they're hustling cans maybe uh, for you. And also we're going to maintain delivery for sure in New Westminster um, at a very ch- maybe free or really cheap r- delivery rate over the long run. And we're looking next week at rolling out uh, Canada Post going BC wide. And so, I mean, that's something that I never thought we'd ever, you know, look at. It just wasn't on my radar at all. Yeah. And that's how um, I got the wheelhouse so- beer was through Canada Post. So like, you know, because oh, really? they, ne- they never distribute, right? And they're up in Rupert. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah uh, and go. then uh, I haven't I uh, haven't paid too much attention, uh, Matt, to Eastern Washington. But like, what's what's going on there? Yeah, it's it's if you've paid attention to Seattle or Western Washington, it's it's very similar. Um, everyone has got an online store doing curbside pickup and um, has kind of had to change their business model. But there's going to be a lot of good things that come out of it. I think I know for us especially, um, we have revenue streams right now that we never really thought of and they're going to continue going forward because like you said, people are kind of stagnant. We are actually in the middle of an expansion right now. So perfect time to be spending a lot of money, but um, we got, we're installing a bunch of 
<laughs> a few new seven barrel fermenters, new glycol and, and, uh, quite a, quite a few things that have been long overdue, but so we'll probably triple our capacity here within the next three weeks. All right. So cool. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, in terms of normal conditions here, um, and we're getting into springtime, uh, what are your, some of your favorite beers to brew around this time of year for your respective, uh, breweries? I'll throw this one to Matt first. How about that? Yeah. So it's kind of, I love spring drinking. We, uh, we're doing kind of a lot of different hoppies, hoppy lagers. So, um, we did that Hellas. We just did an Italian kind of style Pilsner, which is, uh, you know, a German Pilsner that's dry hopped. I mean, it's not really a style of beer, but there's people doing them and it's in it and it features kind of spicier noble hops. So like, like Saphir and different, uh, Hallertau, things like that. So you try to kind of promote that spicy hop character. Um, so we just, brewed that with Lumberbeard Brewing, another uh, fairly large brewery in Spokane. And that beer turned out great. So we've been liking that. And then also this time of year, I like to do kind of lower pH saisons and do some different dry hoppings in them. So we just did one, uh, did a bunch of Haller or pretty heavy Hallertel Blanc dry hop uh, on a French saison. So it's real, real nice, you know, kind of white wine notes, real effervescent, low alcohol, easy to drink. So Right. What about you, Cleet? Oh, sound good. Um, I, we, uh, <laughs> we, same thing. We got some lagers prepped right now. Uh, we have our Hells and, uh, and an Italian Pilsner as well, our Bella Bira. And so we have both those rolling out, but, uh, I love to, uh, I mean, I always like to start the spring season, uh, out, uh, with a nice hef. Um, and we just do a classic Bavarian Weiss beer and, uh, basically just, try not to, you know, just try to do it as, as good of justice as we can in terms of making it authentic. And those beers, I mean, just so just crushable and designed to have and like half liter formats and uh, just a good beer to complement kind of a thicker kind of mouthfeel, a bit more punchy kind of flavors uh, from a very crushable beer, uh, you know, alongside, um, you know, uh, whatever lagers you have going. So. All right. Yeah. And yeah. In, in terms of inspiration, uh, for your beers too, who are some of uh, your local favorite breweries that you turn to? Who wants to take that one first? I'll go um, first. Uh, yeah, go yeah. So locally we have, you know, in Spokane, we have a lot of great breweries. Um, we love uh, like Perry street brewing is somebody who we really enjoy. They won a great American beer award, uh, a gold medal at GABF uh, a couple years back for a really nice uh, like IPL. So it's kind of an Indian pale lager, which is really nice. And then, a little more regionally, you know, we love Chuck and Nut Freem. Uh, oh, Chuck people who can do it. Oh, yeah, Freem. Chuck and Nut is. Oh. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, one of your friends, Varietal. We've been working yeah. with Varietal um, a handful of times here and have gotten pretty close to them. And so, uh, yeah, they're they're cranking out some amazing beers over there. I mean, for us, yeah, the Chuck and Nut is definitely um, right up our alley as well. Um, uh, and though they're, um, a bit bigger, but these guys just do a, uh, just a great job with everything is Aslan brewing, um, oh, yes. just, yeah, Aslan's. just their food and just, you know, they just kind of got a lot of things to get on point. It's a great brewery to go check out with a ton of variety mm-hmm. and you know, whatever they're doing stylistically, it's, it's going to be done uh, very well. And you've checked out their um, barrel house too, right? Uh, I have not yet. No. No, I have not yet. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but you know what, uh, what's funny is, uh, I 
drink uh, and kind of look at a lot of the brewers that uh, that I don't uh, have the luxury of being myself. Uh, you know, we don't have uh, any barrel aging program at ABC right now. We're operating on like a 1,350 square foot kind of facility at the moment. Uh, so everything's coming out of uh, stainless steel. Um, and so I love to kind of, uh, uh, you know, look at the Holy Mountains, look at the even like House of Funk and the bakery yeah. and just seeing these people doing all these beers that uh, I am excited to do in the future, but currently just uh, can't do it justice and don't have the space to really uh, manage a proper barrel program. So, yeah. So that's that's definitely future plans though, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's something that we're very excited about, uh, but, uh, but you know what, year one, we're just, we're just, uh, stoked to just keep on, uh, just dialing in some of our hazies and some of these different sour options and just some classics, like, uh, some of our lagers that we are very, that we just love to brew. We love doing these kind of classic style lagers, uh, Czech pills and then German pills and hells and, and, uh, and so, um, Alex cruising by in the background. So anyways, so, um, we, yeah, we just love brewing that stuff. We just think it's so good. So, and, uh, during this lockdown here, uh, what's your culinary game? Like have, uh, both of you up your culinary game? Like what's, what what are you making at home at the moment that you've started to master? We've been talking about this. We've had a bunch. Yeah. We got quite the thread going. So I've done, man, we did, some really nice like uh, barbacoa pork we did. I boiled beef bones for 12 hours and made a really nice pho. They have done a few different, few different, uh, you know, pork butts and uh, did carnitas one night that turned out fantastic. Homemade tortillas, you know, pickled all of our own onions and everything. So yeah, I mean, the culinary game is, is top notch right now. It's, I feel great. Well, uh, since, um, I mean, since getting into brewing, I've been just getting more and more interested in cooking and I have a friend who, uh, was a good kind of, uh, chef shout out to Caleb. He moved away and, uh, from the Metro Vancouver area. So I used to uh, lean on his cooking, uh, whenever I wanted a super great meal. And now I've had to learn how to just do all these spices and everything myself. So today, actually we had just a fantastic, butter chicken with some sweet potato mm-hmm. um kind of curried uh baked bites on the side i mean you know um full experimentation mode and uh and i'm looking at recipes that take me like you know half the day sometimes to complete on my days off from the brewery so yeah my yeah. curry game's definitely gone up in the last few weeks too That's good. Pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these are skills you live with too oh yeah you know i just got this you know? in the back, long term <laughs> just done <laughs> yeah, about then, to buy uh, new knives uh i bought a sous vide uh two years ago and i've been you know really using that guy a lot too so just yeah done, done perfectly every time yeah. <laughs> hard to screw up with those yeah yeah all right cool thank you very much cleat from another beer company up there on the top box and matt from uh whistle punk over in spokane washington on the bottom there Thank you very much, guys. Have fun. Be safe. And thanks uh, for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of uh, the Cascadian Beer Podcast of the Virtual Beer Show, which was my virtual streaming event during the COVID-19 lockdown. Uh, This is episode one. I did a couple other uh, virtual beer show interviews as well. So those will be released soon on the channel. But I thought I'd get this one out and share it with you. 
If you want to follow the podcast along, you can by going to the website at cascadian.beer. Also on the socials, facebook.com forward slash cascadian beer. Um, I'm on Twitter at cascadian beer and on Instagram at cascadian beer podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.